Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Brian Kozlowski and his wife were still living together but going through a divorce. It had gotten so bad, she said he actually urinated in her shampoo and conditioner bottles. But she soon learned he was also poisoning her. After 29 years together, 22 married, Brian Kozlowski's wife filed for divorce in May of 2018. Two months later, she started noticing symptoms of blurred vision and feeling very tired on days where her husband made the coffee. She even had a near crash on 375 when she dozed off at the wheel during rush hour. So she installed cameras and saw this. Her then-husband mixing in the equivalent of eight sleeping pills into the coffee pot. I felt a horrible coldness in the air, as if I was being hunted by a dangerous predator. But in this nightmare, the predator was Brian. I fell to my knees and cried. I could barely move. A gorgeous wife who says she feels ill every time her husband makes her a cup of coffee discovers the shocking truth. There was a reason she felt bad. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. What we know is this, Therese Koslowski feels sick every time her husband makes her a cup of coffee. But why? You know, Dr. Bethany Marshall, psychoanalyst, joining me out of L.A. Dr. Bethany, it's pretty bad when you have to install nanny cams, not to make sure your children are okay, but to find out what's being put in your morning coffee. Can you imagine? I mean, think about everything else that might have, must have been going on in that marriage. And the reporter said... He urinated on her? Did I hear that correctly? No, no. He urinated in her shampoo and conditioner. Oh, my mistake, my mistake. Oh, he urinated in her shampoo and conditioner. So you can imagine everything else that was going on. You know, the fact that a husband would put sleeping pills in his wife's coffee, not only does that show the height of selfishness and wanting to kill your spouse, he had no thought for everybody else out on the road. She could have plowed out a whole family or people in a crosswalk or, you know, he, it's not only does he not care about her, he does not care about society at large. Joining me right now, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, Trisha Griffith is with us. Trisha, I want to take it starting at A, ending at Z, because Z is going to make you fall off your chair when you find out what happened to this guy, this husband, Brian Kozlowski. But I want to start at the beginning. What led her, Therese, to install nanny cams? Well, uh, first of all, I, I, I want to start with a question, if I might, Nancy. But what husband, going through a contentious divorce, would be serving his wife coffee? And I'm wondering maybe if that's what started it. And then she started to feel sleepy and nauseated every time she drank his coffee. So she thought, okay, I've got it. I've got to do something. She installed these nanny cams. And I can't imagine the shock she felt when she saw her husband 
pouring those, putting those pills in her coffee. Uh, probably at the time she wasn't sure even what the pills were, but yeah, it started with, with that. That was the beginning. She filed for divorce in May of 2018. In July of 2018 is when she discovered her husband, even though they were divorcing, he was the father of her three children, was actually trying to kill her, not through kindness, but through her coffee. It's it's appalling, Nancy. It really is. I'm just, I, I just, you know, Kathleen Murphy, North Carolina family attorney. Boy, that's like putting perfume on the pig. No offense, Kathleen Murphy, but family <laughs> attorney it makes it sounds like a sweet little cozy family. Your practice is anything but. It is down and dirty family law. I mean, I have friends that are defense lawyers say they'd rather rather represent a dope dealer than get in between two divorcing adults. Have you ever seen anything like this where the wife keeps feeling sick every time she drinks the husband's coffee? First of all, why are they living in the same house? Didn't anybody see War of the Roses? Wasn't that with Kathleen Turner and uh, Michael Douglas? I can hardly remember, but they both end up dead in the end. Why would anybody live in the same house during the middle of a contentious divorce, Kathleen Murphy? I'll tell you exactly why, Nancy. The legislature fails to pass appropriate laws that deal with the family court system. There's a a situation right now where a father has taken a child has never visited with his child, is three years old, and the courts won't even enter an emergency order because the law doesn't allow it. Okay, I don't know what that is. You're what you're talking about this kid. I don't know about that case. I want to talk about why would have you ever seen where a family, a mom and a dad, who are so viciously, venomously angry at each other, live under the same roof and why? They live under the same roof because they can't afford to separate or because one parent doesn't want to leave the home and leave the children with the abusive parent. And there's no law that allows us to kick somebody out unless there's clear evidence of domestic violence. So he can continue his underbelly behavior. I can't believe these two are still under the same roof and they have children. As a matter of fact, take a listen to our friend at NBC4. It's reporter Jason Calthorpe. She also revealed a chilling conversation with her daughter who told her she too drank the coffee one morning and drove 30 minutes to work. She was able to make it to her desk only to immediately fall asleep for two hours. Brian had successfully poisoned his own daughter and set her on a path that could have killed her that morning. So bottom line, to Kathleen Murphy, he's not just trying to poison his wife. His daughter drank it and got in the car, got in a car and drove Kathleen. And he could have killed our kid, or that child could have killed our kids driving under the influence. The legislature needs to make the laws in the, the particular states that allow somebody to put a spouse out of the house, even if there's not domestic violence that's known to the court. We're talking about a woman, Therese Kozlowski, so suspicious she installs nanny cams in the home, finds her husband putting pills into her coffee to Dr. Michelle Dupree, renowned medical examiner, joining us out of South Carolina, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide, Eight sleeping pills. What does that mean? Does that kill you? That's a lot, Nancy. Um, Normal would be, let's just say, 25 to 50 milligrams. 
This is the equivalent of 127,000. That's a lot. That can knock somebody out. It can definitely make them sleepy, drowsy. It can even cause a death. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Kozlowski's wife spoke to the court saying she felt ill and had blurry vision for weeks after filing for divorce. She says she almost crashed into a wall while driving to work because she was so exhausted. I kept saying to myself to slow down, but my body was not reacting and the car was not slowing down. Suddenly my car jolted as I woke up and at the same time hit the brakes. The victim continued telling the court that she hit a camera in her kitchen and that's when she realized that her husband had been spiking her morning coffee each day with eight sleeping pills. I found a shot glass that contained a blue liquid hidden behind the coffee pot. I continued to pour my coffee in the morning and bag it for evidence. In order to keep ahead of Brian's calculated process, I had to wake up at 4.45 each morning and go turn the cameras on was the prestige to his magic trick to make me disappear. Well, she went on to say that her daughter was also poisoned by drinking the coffee. Well, Brian Kozlowski now has the option to appeal the court's decision. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. A husband of 22 years caught on nanny cam poisoning his wife's coffee in the midst of an acrimonious divorce. They're still living under the same roof. He also ends up poisoning their daughter. We've got an all-star panel to break it down and put it back together. Kathleen Murphy, North Carolina family lawyer. Dr. Michelle Dupree, renowned medical examiner out of South Carolina, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide. Renowned psychoanalyst out of Hollywood, Dr. Bethany Marshall. Professor of Forensics, Jacksonville State University, Joe Scott Morgan, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon. And CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, Trisha Griffith. So I'm getting conflicting reports. I'm getting sleeping pills. I'm getting antihistamine. I'm getting blue liquid. I mean, she started bagging the coffee, saving it for analysis. What exactly was it he was poisoning her with? What we know for certain, it was an antihistamine of some sort. And like uh, your, your panel has mentioned, it has been mentioned in the previous report, this was enough to, at the very least, cause her to fall asleep while driving. And you have to wonder if that was, I, I would assume that was his full intent, was to make sure that she killed herself driving and killed others. But as far as we know, it's antihistamine, and it was put in her coffee, I believe in pill form. But maybe, you know, maybe it was one of those capsules that they pulled apart and it had uh, it had some liquid in it. And that's what he was pouring in there. It definitely antihistamine, definitely enough to make sure that uh, something bad would happen to her. It really is scary when you think about it. The last contaminated coffee Kozlowski had brewed for his victim, his wife, 
was analyzed and was found to contain 127 milliliters of diphenhydramine. To Joseph Scott Morgan, forensics expert, what is diphenhydramine? Nancy, diphenhydramine, we find it, it's an over-the-counter medication that is, in fact, an antihistamine. We find it in all kinds of drugs. Uh, primarily where we find it is the drug that most people are familiar with, uh, Benadryl. Uh, very, very common. You know, many of us use it. You can use it for insect bites, allergic reactions, uh, problems with allergies uh, that we get uh, various times of the year. And some people use it as a sleeping aid, and you'll find it in various things. You've, you'll even find uh, some diphenhydramine and things like NyQuil to help us sleep. So it it actually crosses the blood-brain barrier. There's this barrier that, that, that is within the brain. It crosses over and it, it actually latches on to the receptors in the brain where the histamines uh, attach on. And it's those receptors that cause sleepiness. And it'll send us into this kind of drowsy, dreamlike state. And one of the problems with this, Nancy, is that as much as he was giving her it can lead to things like hypotension, which is like low blood pressure. She's getting, she's dizzy, she's disoriented. There's no telling who she could have killed. And also, what's really scary, if she had a predisposition to some kind of other medical condition and he gave her this medication, this could have been a murder. Uh, hold on just a moment. Let me go run down an irrelevant rabbit hole for a moment, which is something I love to do when I'm investigating cases. Jackie Howard here in the studio just couldn't wait to leave her position manning all the equipment here in the studio to show me a selfie. Okay, I thought it was going to be of her. It's not. It's of the husband, Brian Kozlowski. And I need a shrink, and I need one right now. Because Dr. Bethany Marshall, if you could see this selfie, it's him, Brian Kozlowski, wearing a, pe- a pair of, like, spy sunglasses, ta- okay. looking all, like, James Bondish. What's the new James mm-hmm. Bond? He's not really new anymore. He's awesome. Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel Craig. He looks kind of like Daniel that. Daniel Craig. Yeah, him. And he's like, oh, so handsome. In this selfie, if I found out my husband, David Lynch, I hope you're listening, David, was taking selfies of himself, much less posting them, I would, let me try not to curse, poop a brick, okay? Because, <laughs> I mean... I'd be calling his mom this minute and ratting him out. I mean, if you could see this, I mean, I don't know why I don't like it. This is a married man with children taking his Daniel Craig selfies and probably posting them. It's rubbing me the wrong way. I don't like him. Help me. Am I, am I wrong? Is this a wrong gut reaction? Well, Nancy, it points to two possible motives for homicide. One would be I mean, that what he's a jackass. A I mean, look at this. <laughs> You don't want to date him, Nancy? <laughs> uh, no, no. Look, no. I love being married. I love being married. I love my husband. I really do. But I'm not doing it again. I do not want to date him. I don't want to date. I like the one I've got. I mean, I kind of look at it like buying a used car. Everyone you find is going to have a problem. I'll just stick with the one I have because he's pretty near close to perfect. <laughs> but I can tell you this much. I guarantee I'm not going to catch him posting Daniel Craig selfies online. Uh-uh. No. 
gosh, I wish you could see this. Uh, you have to text it to me. I do. I, I will say, Nancy, with these domestic homicide situations, and this is what this was uh, winding up to be, often the husband is already beginning to build what he thinks is an idealized life away from the wife. So I wouldn't be surprised if we find that he has girlfriends, a dating site, uh, I mean, they were already going through a divorce, so he wasn't, you know, committed to her in, in some type of a monogamous relationship, I would imagine. But it sounds like he wanted possibly to get her out of the way to have this idealized life. And then uh, on top of that, I wonder what kind of financial incentive he might have had, because what we see in these cases is often there's a life insurance policy or the husband is stupid enough, stupid enough to think that if he kills the wife, he won't get caught. And now all the money and assets will be his and he won't have to divide them. You know, Nancy, people get cheap greedy and paranoid in the midst of a divorce. I see this in my Beverly Hills office, whether it's over a hundred thousand or a billion, they all do the same thing. One partner just scrambles and scrambles and tries to squirrel it all away for themselves, tries to deprive the other person. I have a case right now with a billionaire who keeps cutting off his wife's Amex in the middle of the divorce. So she has no money to live on and she has to go and borrow it from her friends and relatives. Fortunately, she has a good attorney, but finances are a huge negative motivator when it comes to domestic homicide. And that is why I'm having Lucy already thinking, of, yes, she's just 11, where she's going to go to college and what she's going to do when she graduates, because I do not want her financially dependent on some man. Guys, listen to this. Of course, we've gotten far afield by his Daniel Craig selfie, but listen to this, what the wife, Therese Kozlowski, says. This is her after she's talking about after the first time she witnessed her husband mixing drugs into her morning coffee. Quote, I felt a horrible coldness in the air as if I was hunted by a dangerous predator. But in this nightmare, the predator was Brian. I fell to my knees and cried. I kept saying to myself to slow down, but my body was not reacting and the car was not slowing down. Suddenly my car jolted as I woke up and at the same time hit the brakes. I found a shot glass that contained a blue liquid hidden behind the coffee pot. I continued to pour my coffee in the morning and bag it for evidence. In order to keep ahead of Brian's calculated process, I had to wake up at 4.45 each morning and go turn the cameras on. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here. I remember every night before I would go to work at CNN HLN, I would bathe the twins, and that was a special time for me anyway. I would teach them their ABCs, their one, two, threes. Lucy would only eat dinner in the bathtub. I had to feed her dinner in the bathtub. I would give her one full hour and John David one full hour. Then I would actually go to work soaking wet. It was one of the happiest times of my life. And I guess that's why I gravitated to Emily Mason. Emily Mason, gorgeous young professor at a local college, Swainsboro, Georgia, East George College. I traveled to Swainsboro to investigate her death. And this is what I learned. Emily was bathing her two little girls in the tub. 
when someone came into her home, chased her from room to room. The last thing her little girls ever heard from their mother was mommy running, screaming for her life. Those are their vivid last memories of mommy. She was brutally murdered. And you may ask, where was her husband during all this? Well, her husband, also a professor at East Georgia College, a P.E. professor, a P.E. coach, happened to be gone. He just happened to leave for a local Walmart or Home Depot or Lowe's. And in that short window of time, he comes home to find his wife dead in the home. The children, one was nonverbal, could hardly describe a thing. What happened to Emily Mason? Her story really has touched me. The mystery surrounding the death, the brutal death of this young mom, Emily Mason. This Saturday, we will be Facebooking, Instagramming, and tweeting live throughout the episode. This Saturday, Oxygen, August 17, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 Central. Please join us. Thanks, friend. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Kozlowski's wife spoke to the court saying she felt ill and had blurry vision for weeks after filing for divorce. She says she almost crashed into a wall while driving to work because she was so exhausted. I kept saying to myself to slow down, but my body was not reacting and the car was not slowing down. Suddenly my car jolted as I woke up and at the same time hit the brakes. The victim continued telling the court that she hit a camera in her kitchen and that's when she realized that her husband had been spiking her morning coffee each day with eight sleeping pills. I found a shot glass that contained a blue liquid hidden behind the coffee pot. I continued to pour my coffee in the morning and bag it for evidence. In order to keep ahead of Brian's calculated process, I had to wake up at 4.45 each morning and go turn the cameras on was the prestige to his magic trick to make me disappear. Well, she went on to say that her daughter was also poisoned by drinking the coffee. Well, Brian Kozlowski now has the option to appeal the court's decision. Of course, once she realized exactly what he was putting in her morning coffee, she moved out. She did manage to bag several examples of it. You were just hearing from our friends at KXYZ-TV. I'm just stunned that it could get this far. Poisoning your wife's coffee in the midst of a brutal divorce. Now, I hope everybody is sitting down. Dr. Michelle Dupree, Dr. Bethany Marshall, Joseph Scott Morgan, Trisha Griffith, you may need to lay down for this one. Take a listen. And then came the sentence for which the guideline was a minimum of a year and a half in prison. And if he comes back in society as a hardened criminal, what have I done? Nothing. Judge Anthony Viviano then stunned the court, sentencing Kozlowski to five years probation and 60 days in jail to be served on weekends. The people are requesting that you reconsider the sentence. A 60-day weekend sentence is a slap in the face. I'm sorry, what? The 60-day weekend only sentence. Also, I do not let anybody speak after I've issued a judgment. 
And that's where it ended. It's also important to know this wasn't a one-time thing. This had happened with the coffee several times. Now, Macomb County prosecutor, very upset, as you might imagine. He said this about the sentence. It's almost as though the judge is more concerned with the defendant's freedom than he is with the safety of the victim. I am overwhelmed. This guy, Brian Koslowski, poisons his wife in her morning coffee repeatedly. Even the daughter ingested it. And... With a one-year mandatory sentence, the judge decides to give him probation with 60 days behind bars. What a slap in the face. A Michigan man sentenced to just 60 days for poisoning his wife. And to top it all off, he will only serve that time on the weekends. On the weekends. Trisha Griffith, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, who is this judge? What happened? When I first read this, I thought it was a misprint. I thought it has to be because he could have been sentenced up to 15 years in prison. Instead, it's like he's getting a timeout on the weekends for being a bad boy. This judge is a visiting judge. They, he came into town did a few cases, and then he's gone again. They're not saying very much about him because I would imagine the backlash against this judge is going to be something incredible. But I want everybody, Nancy, everybody to think about this. He tries to poison his wife, not once, not twice, but several times. And she catches him on camera doing it. And he gets a slap on the wrist. Bad boy, you can't go out on the weekends. You need to come into the jail and just sleep here. My question is, please, please tell me they did not send him back to her home. I can only assume that he is out of that house by now. But in this case, Nancy, who knows? Judge Antonio Viviano in Macomb County Circuit Court decided to give this freak, this attempted killer, straight probation, weekends behind bars for 60 days. The coffee poisoning takes place during the couple's divorce. The wife claiming she felt sick and tired with blurred vision, having her morning coffee and driving to work. Even the daughter drank the coffee and felt the same effects. Now, this judge, Viviano, claims the ex-husband had, quote, a sense of remorse. Listen. I'm truly sorry for what I did. You know, deeply like to apologize. Oh, my stars. The prosecutor in the case, Macomb County, Eric Smith, called the 60-day sentence a slap in the face of the victim and the justice system in general, and I agree. Smith is appealing the sentence because it's substantially below the sentencing guidelines, which indicates a guilty defendant should spend a minimum of 19 to 38 months in prison. Take a listen to our friends at NBC4. A Macomb man pleaded guilty to poisoning his wife, and he was in court to be sentenced today. It's important to know before you hear this story that the maximum penalty for this crime is 15 years in prison. Let's bring in Jason Colthorpe for what uh, was an intense sentencing, Jason. Yeah, it sure was. And more important to know, guys, the minimum sentence guideline here was more than a year in prison. I'm, I'm just overwhelmed. The prosecutor released a statement saying, the court seemed more focused on ensuring the defendant's freedom 
and ability to continue to work than the victim and her safety. It is troubling to think someone who commits such a reckless crime, putting his wife and so many other people at risk, is able to walk away with such a light sentence. Smith's office explained the judge had sole discretion in the sentencing. I mean, out to you, Dr. Bethany Marshall. How must the victim be feeling right now? Can you imagine these victims, usually what's really therapeutic for them is when they go through the court system and they find that the judge and the jury is on their side. So she's not going to have that therapeutic experience. But second, Nancy, some judges are what we call offender identified. And what I mean by that is there is some personality characteristic in the judge that is similar to that of the defendant. Maybe this judge hates his wife. Maybe he's a misogynist. Maybe he would be terrified to go to jail himself, but he has characteristics which cause him to lack objectivity in this case. Take a listen to our friends at NBC4. Well, yeah. did the judge give any indication what pushed for the lighter sentence? Why? You know, one of the things he said leading up to this was curious. Uh, he said anyone who tries to influence the sentence is acting improperly, which he didn't direct at anyone specifically. But yesterday, Prosecutor Eric Smith put out a press release uh, kind of demanding prison time or else they would appeal the sentence. So he kind of threw that out there. Mm -hmm. You don't know if the judge was talking to him. Don't try and push me to, to do what you want to do. And then he made the sentence. I think a lot of people would be surprised at what the maximum sentence was just 15, 15 years right. and obviously didn't get anywhere close to, to what the maximum. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Kozlowski's wife spoke to the court saying she felt ill and had blurry vision for weeks after filing for divorce. She says she almost crashed into a wall while driving to work because she was so exhausted. I kept saying to myself to slow down, but my body was not reacting and the car was not slowing down. Suddenly my car jolted as I woke up and at the same time hit the brakes. The victim continued telling the court that she hit a camera in her kitchen and that's when she realized that her husband had been spiking her morning coffee each day with eight sleeping pills. I found a shot glass that contained a blue liquid hidden behind the coffee pot. I continued to pour my coffee in the morning and bag it for evidence. In order to keep ahead of Brian's calculated process, I had to wake up at 4.45 each morning and go turn the cameras on was the prestige to his magic trick to make me disappear. Well, she went on to say that her daughter was also poisoned by drinking the coffee. Well, Brian Kozlowski now has the option to appeal the court's decision. You just heard our friends at WXYZ TV in Michigan. And now the stunning sentence. Take a listen to NBC4. And then came the sentence for which the guideline was a minimum of a year and a half in prison. And if he comes back in society as a hardened criminal, what have I done? Nothing. Judge Anthony Viviano then stunned the court, sentencing Kozlowski to five years probation and 60 days in jail to be served on weekends. The people are requesting that you reconsider the sentence. A 60-day weekend sentence is a slap in the face. I'm sorry, what? The 60-day weekend-only sentence. Also, I do not let anybody speak after I issued a judgment. And that's where it ended. It's also important to know this wasn't a one-time thing. This had happened with the coffee several times. Now, Macomb County prosecutor, very upset, as you might imagine. He said this about the sentence. It's almost as though the judge is more concerned with the defendant's freedom than he is with the safety of the victim. You know, I, I don't know how long it's going to go on in our country 
that women are treated like second-class citizens. In this case, her husband repeatedly tried to poison her in her coffee. Even their daughter drank it. She gets on the road in her car, nearly kills herself and possibly other innocent victims on the road. And the judge, Viviano, gives this guy 60 days. I mean, Dr. Michelle Dupree, joining us out of South Carolina, renowned medical examiner, author of Homicide Investigation Field Guide. Let's just say it was eight Benadryl in one cup of coffee. What happens to you driving on the interstate, the freeway, after eight Benadryl tablets? That much Benadryl tablets would definitely make someone very drowsy. Their reflexes would be slowed. Um, They would be unable to respond to emergency-type situations. They may even fall asleep at the wheel. Can you imagine hopping that median, Joe Scott Morgan, forensics expert, and plowing into oncoming traffic? Uh, yeah, and that's that's what makes this so sinister, Nancy. Uh, and and to boot, uh, the wife has mentioned that uh, she witnessed her daughter uh, ingest this stuff as well, and she she was potentially impaired. So it's kind of a double whammy. Uh, and and he just he showed I don't know a, a lawyer term here reckless indifference. It would seem. To everybody else concerned, he was only focused on himself. She says, quote, I watched from the upstairs landing, hoping I could see he was microwaving, and saw what looked like a shot glass. When he left the room, I ran downstairs and looked for this glass, which I found behind the coffee pot. I quickly ran upstairs and pretended to be asleep. She describes that when he went downstairs again, she, quote, watched in horror as he poured himself a cup of coffee before taking the substance in the shot glass and poured it into the pot. I mean, Dr. Bethany Marshall, he even pauses to pour himself a cup of coffee, not poisoned, and then pour the poison into her coffee. Well, Nancy, his needs are important. Isn't that what the judge thinks? He shouldn't be uh, forced to be in jail during the week when he needs to work. I mean, I know, seriously, I'm going to then assume that these two are still going through a divorce. I'm going to assume that he still wants to get rid of her and that he wants whatever assets they have solely for himself. That still puts the wife at risk. So how is she going to protect herself when he's walking free throughout the week and he has homicidal urges towards her? I mean, did the judge at least allow her to put a restraining order on him? I mean, she's she's at risk. I just don't understand who this judge is, Judge Antonio Viviano and why he should still be up on the bench after this outrage, and not only poisoning her, but sending her out into traffic, knowing that she was most likely going to wreck. The last coffee the defendant made for his wife contained 127 milliliters of dipenhydramine. This is before she takes the wheel. She watched him over four weeks performing the same routine every morning, and she continued to bag her coffee and keep it for evidence. I mean, what it's really adding insult to injury that he pours himself, Joe Scott Morgan, his own pristine cup of coffee and drinks it and then poisons hers. Uh, yeah, and uh, again, this goes back to, to the self-centered behavior. Uh, and I don't know, maybe he was trying to keep up appearances. Uh, one other thing that's kind of striking about this, she knows something's afoot, and here she is acting like her own investigator, having to collect her own evidence at the scene. I can't imagine what a knot she had in her stomach just walking around day after day, not knowing what was contained in this coffee that was making her so ill day after day. 
A man caught on camera poisoning his wife's coffee gets just 60 days behind bars. Jackie Howard with me here in the studio. Jackie, what are you saying? He's not only tried to do it with her coffee, but he's also done it at least a couple of other times. He put laxatives in her protein Laxatives powder, in her protein powder. Adderall during summer boat trips. Explain to me what that is. Just Scott Morgan, what is Adderall? Yeah, Adderall is also in the family of amphetamine. And what it's commonly used for is to treat children with hyperactivity, uh, that suffer from hyperactivity. And it has a reverse effect on children uh, where it kind of uh, calms them down. Uh, nowadays, Adderall is actually sold on the street as an illicit drug. So I have a, a very dear friend and her daughter who ended up graduating with honors and is happily married now. Great career. In first year college, people gave her Adderall at school. She went berserk, ended up going on a rampage, kicking out a car window of a patrol car. She'd been a straight A student all the way through high school. I mean, it really can make you crazy, this Adderall. But I'm interested, Dr. Bethany Marshall, the putting the laxative in her protein powder. I mean, to me, that kind of sounds sophomore-ish, like a kid trick. You know, it's interesting you say sophomore because I was had the word juvenile in my mind. It seems very juvenile, like he was just messing with her, trying to drive her crazy. You know the, the term gaslighting, where the movie in the 50s where the guy makes all the clanging you know, noises in the attic, and when the wife says, oh, I hear a clanging sound, he goes, I, I don't hear it, and he's trying to drive her crazy. It sounds like he's just messing with her like a laboratory uh, experiment. It also sounds to me, Nancy, like he's very low-functioning, low IQ. Um, he's just throwing anything at it that will stick. He's not able to think clearly if you somebody What's a good, clean methodology? I'm also going to say, you know, with antisocial personality, which he appears to have, one of the traits, and we this is in the DSM, is reckless lack of concern and disregard for the rights and safety of others. So this disregard is not only towards his wife, it extends towards his daughter and to the rest of society. Long story short, guys, a man gets just 60 days to serve on weekends after poisoning his wife repeatedly in Macomb Township. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Goodbye, friend.